Hey, it's Kathy with Rocky Retirement. And as promised, today's Friday, and so you'll be getting to listen to Henry Shapiro's Retired Excited. I know you're just going to love this as much as I do. And don't forget, you can still listen to Rock Your Retirement, where I'm the host, and those shows are released on Mondays. Welcome to the Retired Excited Podcast. Retired Excited, the show where we give retired and want-to-be-retired folk a look at how great retired life can be. Here we talk to men and women who are happily retired and loving their life. Together, we will delve into what retired happiness really looks like and how anyone can achieve it. Here is your host, Henry Shapiro. Hey folks, Henry here at Retired Excited, the show providing inspiration for people who are nearly retired, newly retired, or say they're never going to retire. Here we talk to retired people doing things that make them happy, things from stamp collecting to cruising, from dancing to touring the world on a motorbike. We talk to everyday retired people who are living the life they want, and we talk to a few professionals to get expert advice, and I chip in with some of my own experiences. Welcome everybody, Henry here again with episode number 24 of Retired Excited. I think you're going to really enjoy today's episode. I'm interviewing a lovely man. After a lifetime servicing prestige cars, Tim Stansmore bought a cattery out on the eastern side of Melbourne. And the cattery had a good name when he purchased it. But he built it up into a really substantial business, a, uh, an excellent cattery, probably the best one in Victoria or maybe even Australia. And he's got some great stories about not just the cats, but more particularly the owners of the cats. People have asked him to write a book and he said, OK, I'll write a book about the owners, not the cats. He sold that business now and bought a beautiful property up in the hills, once again on the east side of Melbourne, uh, overlooks a, a gorgeous valley. And the main thing about the property is it had some huge sheds on it. It had a garage and a big shed and a hangar. The previous owners had had planes, and when they split the property to build on another part of it, the hangar turned out to be on his side. Now, why is this important? Because now that he is retired from the cattery, he is enjoying his real love, and that's his love of cars and motorbikes. And he's buying and restoring cars and he loves it. We discuss the cars that he owns, and he owns a lot. We also discuss what he does with those cars. Is he is he really just a collector, or is he a trader? Anyhow, we talk about that. We talk about how he selects the cars he wants to buy. We have a fair old discussion about the individual cars. I think you'll find that really interesting. He's got some magnificent cars there. So sit back. I'm not going to say any more about him at the moment. Sit back, and let's listen to Tim's story. Well, good morning, Tim. How are you? Excellent, Henry. Yourself? Fantastic. You've got a gorgeous place here. Yes, we where, call where, it Goon, uh, Goonville. Go- <laughs> Why Goonville? Well, Nanagoon North is where we live, so yeah. we shortened it to Goonville. <laughs> and just describe the describe where we're sitting a little bit. Well, I'm sitting in the lounge room looking out the front windows to absolute paradise. Down the valley, up to the other side... You can see for about four or five kilometres into the distance, it is just 
paradise. Paradise. Now, I've come here to talk to you about retirement. And you've retired, but tell me what you were doing before you retired. Well, first of all, not retirement. No, the next next phase of our life. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> well, recently, that's three years ago, my partner and I, Rain, owned Katsaras, a boarding facility and officer, which we bought um, and ran for 10 years, doubled it in size, best thing we could have ever done in our life as far as making money and setting us up for the next phase of our life. Okay. So here you are, you're going along, you've got the cats coming and going and you're looking after it now. Before we're on air, you'll tell me it was a bit particular, your cats are us. It wasn't just your regular cat boarding facility. Oh, no, no. This was the Taj Mahal for cats. (laughs) The pussy paradise, everybody called it. (laughs) Pussy paradise. Hence, my nickname was the Pussy Man. (laughs) (laughs) I understand. So you've got the the cattery going along. How many cats? Capacity 250 a night. That's over Christmas and Easter. The average at its peak was 91 a night. So a lot of cats. That's a lot of cats. Yeah. Yeah. It's also a lot of cat litter to get rid of as well. (laughs) (laughs) Now, did you have a plan? Did you... You sold that eventually or Mm -hmm. in due course. Had you planned to sell it? Yes. We're on a 10-year plan from day one. Right. It was already the best cattery in... Definitely the state, maybe the country that we knew of. Mm-hmm. Uh, it held 150 a night when we bought it. Christmas time, we were turning away up to 300 people. Gracious. So man. it also came with plans for an extension of another 150. So within 18 months, we put another extension on, which held another 100, 150. And then we decided new offices had to be built. Yes. So we put a nice, brand-new office facility with a showroom in with all cat paraphernalia, which is Rain's little department. That's what yeah. she liked to do and yep. kept her out of mischief and gave her a break from doing book work, etc. You must have had some interesting people giving you cats. Are there any little stories you can tell us oh, about? Oh, where do I start? Where do I stop? Uh, it's, I've always said I should write a book. If people, people say, on the cats, no, 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 no. <laughs> On the owners. On the owners. Give us an example. Okay. Two lovely ladies, same-sex couple who came in, who were absolutely delightful. And the office was crammed at the stage. There would have been 14 couples in there booking their little precious fur persons. Not cats, fur persons in. And the lady said to me, look, Tim, I I need to ask you a very discreet question. And she leant over the counter and quietly said, my cat keeps licking his penis. And I shouted, I know why he licks his penis, straight away. And she went blood red. Everybody turned around. I said, because he can. <laughs> and it was all over. She said, I knew I shouldn't have asked you that question. I'm an idiot. It was priceless. You had to be there. <laughs> but classic. Another same-sex coupled couple of guys. Love their little fur persons. Joshy Washy was this blue Burmese. And he was an absolute... Agro, and they're putting her in a little little suite, and they're settling down. Joshy Washy, now you be a good pussy, was he for Uncle Timmy? And he's latched on his arm, bang straight through. Ah, oh, Joshy Washy, 
and I'm trying not to laugh. And the other one, to his friend, turns with, Oh, he said, you're such a queen. He said, just give him here, I'll get him out. So, and it happens again. Bang! Straight in the back of the hand this time. So they backed off, they've left him go, and he's spitting and snarling. And we're walking through the cattery, and I'm, I'm trying not to, to, to laugh. Where are these two guys? Oh, look at my hand, look at my hand! And the other one goes, oh, you're such a drama queen. My bite's much worse than yours. <laughs> and they were off hand in hand. And it started off as a titter. And I lost the plot. And it ended up in a full belly laugh. That was the end of it. All over. You had to be there. Fantastic. Loved it, loved it, loved it. But, yeah, look, I'd say you could go on all day talking about the people and the cats. And there were sad times as well when, you know, unfortunately, one of the little fur persons would pass away on site. And out of 33,000 fur bums on seats a year, three or four a year is nothing. Absolutely nothing. And I was the one who had to phone the people up and break the bad news to them. And they were, look, 99% were terrific. Absolutely terrific. One lady even sent me big bunches of flowers in chocolates. I couldn't believe it. First time in my life, a woman sent me flowers, I tell you. <laughs> that was coffee. Yeah, so when you're in business... Um, you've got to have a sense of humour, don't you? Oh, God, yeah. 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 Otherwise it gets boring and it becomes a drudge. Totally, totally. <laughs> yes. yeah. So, all right, you had your 10-year plan. Mm. Let's say here you are, at, you're at about eight and a half years. Are you looking forward to retiring? Absolutely, or, yeah. absolutely. Uh, we were both pretty burnt out yeah. because it was 24-7. You just don't go to bed at, you know, midnight. Yeah. I was up at, say, well, usually 8, 8, 8.30 at night, giving the, cat, the diabetic cats insulin. Oh, goodness me. So, and it's not just the case of, you know, go in there, give them a shot under the yeah. skin and off you go, because you have to, A, make sure they ate first, B, give them the insulin, make sure they eat first, most critical, and then watch them for the next 15, 20 minutes to make sure they don't go, ooh, and flop <laughs> on the floor in front of you, which happened when the owner's thought they were giving them the insulin, but they were missing half the time. So when mm. they got the right amount, the poor old critters couldn't take it. Or the owners would decide, we can get cheaper syringes down at the local pharmacy, uh, and the oh. increments didn't line up with it, and it went on and on and on. So yeah. the increments... And so you were looking forward to retiring? Oh, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Because yes. I was often yeah. up at five in the morning, yeah. picking up cats all over the city, up to North Melbourne, and I even went right the way down to um, Lake Centre delivering cats. Um, you, you better tell folks where Cats Are Us was. Cats Are Us was based in Officer. Okay, so going down to the city is almost 70 kilometres. Yeah, it's a shocker. It's a shocker. That's yeah. the worst one. And people are on the phone, we've got to get a plane, we've got to get a plane. Oh, I'm stuck in the traffic, what can I do? <laughs> Go and see your next door neighbour, I'll be there as soon as I can. I would try and make it 15 minutes either way. Yes. And yeah. 99% of the time it worked. Yeah. But as the proverbial happens, sometimes it yeah. doesn't. So you're looking forward to it. You're getting fairly burned out. Yep. What was Rain's attitude at this point? Exactly the same as mine. It's slightly different in the fact that Rain's mum lived with us and she was very poorly. Yep. So Rain was also running a business with me, but also looking after her, her mum, who was deteriorating at a great rate of knots. So the decision was made on the 10-year plan to move to wherever and Rain's mum would go with us so we could keep an eye on her and Terrific. look after yeah. her. All right, so now you're, uh, let's say, six months out from selling the place. Hmm. What did you think you were going to be doing 
after you sold? I hadn't given it too much thought, but my background is Jaguar Rolls-Royce mechanic. And buying and selling a little bit, so I thought, oh, maybe I'll just, maybe I'll take it a year off work. That sounds like a good plan. <laughs> it's a good plan, yes. I lasted eight weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bloody hell, it was terrible. I didn't know what to do with myself. You can only mow the lawn so much and fiddle around the place and pick up sticks. You have got a few cars and bikes. Uh, yes. Yes, I'm a, right. a serial offender. I need I need therapy. <laughs> right. So is that something that you had thought about doing? Nothing I'd already about? started collecting. Uh, at the time, we had uh, a DeLorean, Back to the Future. Whoa. Yeah, it's a very rare car from America that only had 545 miles on a clock when we got it. Yeah. And we kept it for three years and racked up a massive 800 miles on the clock when it was sold. Yes. But it used to bloody cause car park traffic jams everywhere I went because people would get out their cars to take photographs. And one was in the, the drive through um, pub in uh, Beaconsfield where about 200 people descended on it and blocked the car park and blocked the driving, <laughs> which the manager came out and very, get that thing out of here. I said, it's not my fault. You drive it in. Get it out of here. <laughs> it brought the place to a standstill. Yeah. Good fun, though. Good it's fun. Good fun. <laughs> but it was a show pony. So, mucking around with your cars and mm-hmm. your motorbikes, is that what you've been doing since you retired? Yes. And I, mean, I do a few mechanical repairs for people, just a very elite um, uh, clientele, mainly the Lance here Car Club of um, Melbourne. Yep. We've got absolutely fabulous collections of cars. A um, little bit spasmodic, so I fill in my time with fuel injection, cleaning and repairs, and maintaining and selling our own fleets of cars. At the moment, oh, God, I don't know what is. 13 cars and 3 motorbikes at the moment. Tell us about the cars you've got. Right. I don't, I don't, I don't want to know in precise detail. Right. <laughs> Quite easy. Quite easy. Folks, if I asked him in precise detail, <laughs> he would tell me, and it would take a very long time. Yeah, right. We'll start <laughs> off with the oldest one, 1926 Model T Ford. Immaculate condition, came in from America two years ago. 1930 Model A Ford. Came in from Perth. That's a factory right-hand drive car built in Melbourne. Uh, Say that again. A Ford? Model A Ford. Built in Melbourne. Built in Melbourne in 1930. They came across as rolling chassis and the bodies were built. That's got a travelling salesman's back on it. Very, very rare car. 1971 Lancia Flavia Coupe, Pina Farina. Star of the 71 Motor Show in Melbourne. Oh, I love it when you talk dirty. Yeah. <laughs> you heard nothing yet, I tell you. Wait till we get to the Jags. Then we have a uh, 87 XJ6 Series 3 4.2, 85 XJS V12 under restoration, XK8 convertible, mint. That came in from Perth. That was Rain's Christmas present last year. Yes, I was spoil her. <laughs> do, uh, you, do you let her drive it, though? Every now and then. <laughs> every now and then. Only, only, no, no, not that often. <laughs> um, uh, Subaru Blitz and Station Wagon, Mercedes ML350, which is my favourite. That, that suits me down to, that's me. Sat above the traffic, goes anywhere. Just explain to people what it is. Mercedes ML350, which is an SUV, 2000 model, beautiful car, beautiful car. Yeah. Ultra-reliable, cheapest car I've had to maintain of all the cars I've had. And that's saying something. Mm. 
Um, well, what else we got? 1969 Mercedes 280S. Um, um, uh, two Range Rovers in various stages of decay and decrepitation. Um, 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 uh, oh, I forget the cars now. So, mm, go on. I remember what else I've got in a minute. It's the grey matters fading. Then we've got the motorbikes, which are 19... No, hang on, 2009 Yamaha FJR 1300. Fabulous bike, best bike I've had. 2000 BMW 1200 LT, big battleship, electric reverse. All the bells and whistles, 10 CD stacker, 400 kilo elephant. Dangerous bike to ride, dangerous bike. And the latest acquisition which broke my leg a few weeks ago, was a 1956 AJS, which I bought in locally from Mubo North. 1956? 56. Yeah. yeah, she was uh, restored from basket case, but many, many mistakes made on it, and I've had to rip the whole engine apart with cracked crankcases and oil leaks and broken piston rings. But it's now almost finished. So this is what you've been amusing yourself with since yeah, you've been in trouble. <laughs> yes. yep. Now that it brings up two questions. Mm. That's a lot of vehicles. Yes. Where do you keep them? Ah, well, we are very fortunate, A, to have a double car garage. That takes care of two of them. Right. Then we have a boys' toy shed where I maintain them. Yep. And we have an aircraft hangar. An aircraft hangar? An aircraft hangar, yep. That'd be helpful, yes. Oh, yes. Unfortunately, only one of my cars is there at the moment because all my mates use it to put all their rubbish in. So <laughs> right. Do you have an aircraft? No. Right. No. But there is an airstrip somewhere here, isn't there? Yes, we have half an airstrip. The next-door neighbour adjoins the other half. OK. So planes fly in and fly out all the time. But not you. It's the neighbour and other no, people. No, no. Yeah. Okay. But I wouldn't mind learning to... Fly a helicopter. That's on my bucket list, yes. Well, interestingly, and I'll tell you about this man after we get off here, Mm -hmm. I've just interviewed a man who drives very fast cars Mm -hmm. on racetracks, or he used to, and flies an aeroplane in his retirement. That's what Uh, he does. Getting back to you, Mm -hmm. that was the first question. Where do you put them? And the second question is, what do you do with them? Well, I've, I've sold two. Yes. Only two so far, which is the DeLorean and NGF, um, a 2001 model, was last of the breed, the last of the... Did they make Fs up to... Two th- well, they still make oh. them, sort of, but they're all Chinese, they're owned by China now. OK. Mine was the last of the English Long, Longbridge, totally are built. About, are we talking about the old MGF with the gullwing no. fenders? Okay, no, this no, is no, the no, modern this one. the yes, modern yes, ones, yes. yeah. Okay. OK. Which had the B-series engine in... Yeah. No, no, sorry, K-series engine. Yeah. Lovely, lovely car, but a you know a flying skateboard, no <laughs> suspension at all. And he broke my back. Yeah. Rain loved it, loved it to drive, but I've never heard a gearbox scream for mercy before until she <laughs> drove it. <laughs> right, <laughs> uh, listeners. Rain is in the other room. She's not not nearby. So uh, yes, there you go. Her nickname's Acid Rain. <laughs> or drizzle on a really bad day. <laughs> So you've got these cars yep. and you, what's the word? You don't renovate a car, you restore, restore. It. You yeah. restore a car. 
That's an expensive exercise, restoring a car. Yes, yes. So you restore these cars with the view of selling them or just because you like to collect them? What, what's the story? Oh, a bit of both, really. Yep. You know, so I, I tend to take on sort of, you know, hopeless basket cases that nobody else loves. Right. As in the XJS, which is an absolute nightmare, and that's everything, and I mean everything taken apart. Yeah. Engine, transmission, limited slip diff, the whole lot. And that's a labour of love, that one. Do you enjoy it? Absolutely. If I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't do it. Gotcha. So you enjoy doing it. Mm. Do you see yourself doing it for a long time more? I think I'll do it for the rest of my days. In some shape or form. Well, you're still a young person. That could be a oh, Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, look, I, th- I think if you enjoy what you're doing, it's not a job. No, no, no. But just do what you want to do. Yeah. And OK, I've still got to make a, a dollar to, to live on. Yep. But if I can mix that, marry it up with my passion, yep. old motorbikes and old cars, etc., that's great. So in order to make a dollar, mm-hmm. you need to turn them over. You can't, oh, just, you can't just buy them and do them up. I know, Mummy, I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. sounds, sounds as though there's been a bit of family discussion about this. Well, sort of. Rain yeah. doesn't really care what I buy, you know, right. sell. She's got her jag, so she's off my back now. Yes, you know? yes, yes. But, yeah, look, they're all coming to sort of together towards getting sold. A couple of them are almost ready. Right. The Model T will be the first one to go. Anything with a clutch after I've damaged my knees so much. Yeah, yeah. But I find driving manuals are an absolute nightmare nowadays. The only manual car I want to keep is the Lancia. That's got a feather-light clutch, and it's just a very, very desirable car to have. Now, I don't want to delve into your, your business, you understand mm-hmm. that, but a Model T Ford, what, yeah. in good condition, it's restored, it's gorgeous, yeah. what sort of money does that bring on the market? Well, Just give people an idea of what goes on. Okay, this car was restored in uh, Indiana. Yep. At a cost of 40000 US, which is a lot of money, a yeah. lot of money for a Model T. Yeah. We bought it on eBay for about, I think it was about 20000 just under 20000 the owner died just after it was completed. So they, they bought this thing for forty. Well, they they I don't know, they paid for it, oh, but okay. they they spent forty thousand restoring. Whoa, yeah, big yeah. dollars. Yeah, and, and then, then, you've the gone, then you've bought it for twenty. Yeah, right. but by the time it got here, yeah, and a few little repairs, like I had the wrong radiator in it, and I've had to wire it up for indicators, etc. Yep, it now stands us in at about thirty-two thousand. Yes, with the import duty, the freight. The GST, which I hate that word, because uh, you pay GST on the freight at the end, so they gave a double whammy out of it. Right. It should fetch... You should see his face, folks. He's gone all mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the <laughs> lips are quivering, trust me. <laughs> yes. It should fetch high 30s, low 40s. Okay. So it's not a big dollar. It's not going to make you a bucket of money. No, no. But, no. Okay, but no. you've had a bit of fun, and yeah. it'll pay for itself and make a little bit. Yeah, we've taken it on a couple of rallies... The big disadvantage Model T's are, because they're so slow, you transport them there on the back of a trailer. Right. Because if you're going to Bendigo on a meet, by the time you get there, it's time to come home. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> that's the big disadvantage of Model T's. Yeah. Model A's, a lot faster, a lot nicer to drive. Right. You can drive them there. Yeah. Can you give us an example of one of, on just one of the others? What, uh, what, are they, what it might be worth or what it's, uh, what the it's F- doing for you? 
the XJS won't make any money right. at this stage. We've had to, when he paid 5500 for it, but we're up to 20000 now. Things you've done to it. Complete new leather interior, engine swap. I had to buy a Rector to cannibalise it to get all the good bits off it and rebuilt yep. the diff, etc., etc. But the complete new leather interior, complete. All that's left now is put the interior in it and do the paint. So if it's only going to pay you back what you've spent on it, hmm. why have you done it? I've got this thing about <laughs> saving cars. It's a horrible... It's a, that's my bad side. Look, it may, it may pull five grand at the end of the day. They are going up in value. I'm in no rush to, to finish it off. It can sit there for... I don't care. Yeah. My main... My prize car would be the Lancia, purely because they only made so many of them, and it's a mechanical fuel injection called German... It's German called Kugelfischer. Very rare car. Very rare car. Mm. Beautiful body lines. I want to keep that car. Tell us a little bit about saving cars. What did you mean? A car comes up for sale and you look at it and you think, you poor old devil, you're neglected, you've been run into the ground. I can save you, I can bring you back to life again. And that's that's a labour of love. That's a labour of love. So is that the part that you enjoy? Yeah. Well, the- yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Seeing it, you know, rise from the ashes like a phoenix again. And people go, oh, my God, just look at that. Mm. Yeah, that gives me a head rush. Yeah, terrific. Right. So what's, what's in the future now? What's the, the next few steps? Sell off the majority of the fleet mm-hmm. and look around for something else to buy. <laughs> right. My, my record for buying and selling on the same day, I bought a 1954 Bentley. The yeah. same year I was born. You can work that one out. Yes, you? yes, got it. Um, and I negotiated on the sale of it for nearly 18 months. 62 years old, folks. <laughs> and going strong. <laughs> I, you negotiated on it? Yeah, negotiated on it. It was damaged. I'd, have, I'd have shunt up the back. It wasn't bad, but it was still a few grand to fix it. I had a perfect bright red leather interior and a new engine. And I paid the princely sum of... Da, 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 $6,000. And you I went, stole it. I stole it. Well, he wanted, you know, he wanted a lot more than that. And he'd been paid that bucket load of money on the insurance. So he didn't really care. Yeah. But I went down, picked the car up. And I, on the way home, I called into somebody who had a boot lid for it which he wanted 2500 plus GST, which I called every thieving fine hunt under the sun. Just for the boot lid. Just for the aluminium boot lid. But as he said to me, who else has got a boot lid for a 1954 Bentley R-Type? Yeah, yeah, okay. Then he said to me, oh, you don't want to sell it, do you, the car? I said, oh, got 10 grand in your pocket? He said, oh, yeah, come in the office. (laughs) So he wrote out a cheque for 10,000 and drove me home. I owned the car for 15 minutes. (laughs) But it's the quickest foreground I've made in my life. Perfect. Excellent. <laughs> so at the time, Rain found me up and she said, Did you get home okay? I said, Nah, sold it on the way home. And there was a deadly silence. Deadly silence. <laughs> Tell us about some of the people you meet in the car industry. Oh, well, the collectors, the total insane, you could almost, you know, class them as. 
Not yourself, we're talking about other people. No, no, well, yeah. well that, that's the yeah. only insane one. Yes. But yeah, the collectors, some wonderful people in the, in the especially in the Lancia Car Club, some retired professionals, doctors, lawyers, passioned for the mark, absolute passion, very talented men. Mm-hmm. People you would not think would get on a lathe and spin you up a new herb or whatever. Mm. But they make all the service tools for you. If you haven't got it, they'll make it for you. It's good. Good. Yeah, excellent people, excellent. Good fun to go away with. Good what, is about, what is it about them that you like? What's, tell me about, or if, have you got any stories about these folks? Oh. Or, or about going away with them? That, that sounds like a, yeah, look, a dangerous up, thing yeah. to do. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that the most dangerous, not the car, car clubs, the bike clubs, the, the, <laughs> the yes. lunatics, they're, they're good fun. I've always enjoyed my, my bike trips away with the Ulysses. Yes. Um, thoroughly enjoy it. Thoroughly enjoy it. So, great camaraderie. If you bend yourself, which I've done on a couple of time, of occasions, mm-hmm. uh, they look after you. That's they, good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah they're great. You yeah. couldn't ask for a better club. So, you're just going to continue doing this now? You're going to turn over the stock that you've got? Yep. Buy a few more mm-hmm. and keep on keeping on. Keep on keeping on, but with an emphasis now on the motorbikes, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. I might dabble a bit more on the older cars, only maybe Rolls-Royce. old, Not really, really old Rolls-Royce, just because the price of them are absolutely extortionate. But maybe get another Bentley one day, Yeah. but on Mark Six. But I, my passion now is restoring old English motorbikes. I enjoy that more than anything. It's not quite so heavy a work, is it? Well, it's not, but you can still damage yourself, as I found out the other week when I broke my leg. (laughs) Yes, yeah. So you've got the AJS. Have you got your sights set on any in particular? Yes, I've actually put my hand up for... I'll keep this quiet because rain's in the other room. Two Vela sets. Oh, love Vela sets, yes. Mm, Yeah. I've been offered a 350 Mac and a 500... Venom. Venom, yes. Now, the Venom I'm really excited about, it's been in a museum in America for 10 years, and then it was sold, and a guy bought it, and it was in his office on the sixth floor in, a, in New York or somewhere. Yes. At the other side of his desk, so we could look at it every day. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, yes. then one of my, my mad friends bought it, and it still has been started over, I think, 19 years now was the last time it was started. Mm. Totally original. Can't wait to get my little greasy mitts on it. <laughs> yeah. They're magnificent bike. They're velos. Yes. I don't care if it never runs. No. If I just look at it every day, put a cloth over well, it. Well, I'm just looking around the lounge room here. It's there. It's going to go there, right there where the coffee table is. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> With a drip tray underneath it, of course. With a drip tray. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's an English bike. Yeah, I understand. Okay, so that's what's in the future. Mm-hmm. Sounds fantastic. If you were talking to someone else who was thinking about retiring, what would you say to them? Don't say retiring for a start. Oh, OK. Whoops. Yeah, the next phase of your life... Yeah, if you're talking to someone who's thinking about the next phase of their life... Keep yourself busy. Mm. Do not sit down and watch daytime television. That's the worst thing you can do. Get yourself a hobby and exercise every day. With your hobby, make sure it's something which you can diverse a bit. So you can... Chop and change a little bit mm-hmm. and keep your life interesting and have goals. You've got to have goals in life. If it's a holiday or if it's 
whatever. Well, tell me why. Why do you have to have goals? Something to look forward to. Right. It's a reason to get out of bed every day. It's mm-hmm. a reason to go for a walk every day. It's, it's, it's your future. You've yes. got to keep yourself healthy and active. If you haven't got your health, you haven't got anything. That's number one. So, yeah, enjoy your friends. Enjoy going out for a coffee. Make an excuse to drop in and say good day to somebody. A friend's an important thing? Absolutely. For you? Yes, yeah. absolutely. The yeah. camaraderie with uh, the Ulysses Motorcycle Association. Yep. Although I don't go to all the meetings, I have been too busy, but things are going to change now. <laughs> I'm going to get to the meetings. And I want to ride more, so I think maybe a, a Can-Am trike is the next stage. Oh, hmm. Can-Am. Can-Am, yeah, okay. I know, and I'm getting old now. Yeah, no, perfect. perfect. But if it keeps me on, well, three wheels. Yes, yes. It keeps me riding. Rain will be happier because I won't fall off. Yep. I've only done it twice, but that's bad enough. And you can go away on these trips in a lot yeah. more comfort. Fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. And rain might even get on the back. Hopefully mm. not. <laughs> well, you've heard of a backseat driver, but if she can't plug her hot rollers in it, forget it. Okay. No, nah, forget it. You know the deal. You know the deal. I, I understand exactly. Yeah. You can't have your hair blown around or, you know, it's terrible. Heaven. <laughs> you don't want helmet hair. No, 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 no. No. That's perfect, Tim. Tim. I think our listeners have got a fair bit out of this conversation. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) Thank you very much for talking to us. It's been an absolute delight talking to you. And I want to sneak into your garage and have a little... Ah, the boys' toy shed. I knew you'd get round to that one. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you again. Thank you so much. Well, this is another one of those episodes where I've got to say at the outset, there was no alcohol involved. As you could tell, we're having a really good time. Tim obviously enjoys life. He loves life. He likes having a good time. Uh, He's a naturally gregarious kind of a guy. And he doesn't just enjoy life. He enjoys people. He enjoys what he's doing. Loves his cars. Even when he was in the cattery. And the daily routine of a cattery can be a drudge. But he concentrated on the people. And you could see that he had a real affinity for the people and trying to help them. And that's what made his cattery so special. Now, the picture on the website, you'll see that he is on crutches. Now, and why is he on crutches? Well, there's a photo there of an AJS motorbike that he has been restoring. And no, he didn't have an accident. doesn't have an electric start, this motorbike. You have to start it by kicking it, as you did in the old days. And from previous time, Tim has got a reconstructed knee. Well, this time what happened was he kicked the motorbike over had accidentally very slightly pulled the clutch in and the kickstart went straight down to the bottom, crunch, and came to a sudden stop at the bottom of the kickstart lever and split the bone in his leg. I should say how I met him because this is really interesting. Uh, My wife had also had a, a bone problem, went in to see her in hospital because she had a reconstruction and Tim was in the next door bed and turned out that we knew lots of people in common and got on really well. That's how I met him and how we came to do this podcast. Now, if I get back to what he's doing, really anybody with a little bit of a mechanical bent can get themselves involved in restoring cars or restoring motorbikes. I'd probably say, if you haven't done this before and you've got any sort of interest in motorbikes, that is probably the easier route to go because the early motorbikes were very simple. Didn't have complicated computerized this and that, just straightforward carburetors and distributors and The other thing about both cars and motorbikes is that there's a whole world out there of fanatics. 
and they have websites, they have forums, you can get all the information you need. And if you need parts, even, you know, parts for something that was built in 1923, it's more than likely available. And if it's not available, you'll find someone who can make it for you. So it's a great hobby. It's a great pastime and exercise later on in life, if that's your bent. Now, if you are interested, or maybe you already do restorations or are involved in restoring cars, leave me a comment. Tell me what you're doing. If you've got helpful advice for other listeners, leave that in the reply box at the bottom of the website page. And uh, I'd be really, really pleased to hear from you. If you want to contact me directly, it's henry at retiredexcited.com and I will certainly reply to any message that you send for me. If you want to contact Tim, well, leave me a message and I'll make sure that it gets through to him. It's been a great episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. That's all for today. Keep well, keep healthy, and I will see you next week. Bye then. Oh, wait, I wanted to thank you again for listening to the Rocky Retirement Show. If you're a new listener, a good place to start is episode 116. This explains the six pillars of retirement lifestyle and our general philosophy. Episodes 1 through 236 can be thought of as an encyclopedia. These are topics that may or may not be interesting to you. You can listen to the ones that you're interested in and forget the rest until the issue becomes an issue for you. And that's okay. I actually don't recommend starting with episode one and working through until the most recent. That's actually not how the show was designed. Of course, if you want to do that so you can see how the show changed over time, you're welcome to. Now, starting in August... Actually, August 31st of 2020, we changed the format of the show. The monthly episodes starting with 237 follow a real retiree from her pre-announcement through her first year of retirement. There might be bonus episodes, but we're committed to monthly. If you've enjoyed any of our past shows or the show that you've just listened to and you want to support us, you can do so in any of the four ways. One, share this episode with a friend or family member who needs to hear it. This is the most important way that people find us. Since our audience is typically older, we grow by having our listeners share our episodes with others. Two, subscribe to or follow the show using whatever podcast catcher you're listening on right now. Now, if you're listening on your computer, you can listen on your smartphone by going to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, iHeartRadio, Spotify. I mean, I believe on all of them. 
If you can't find us on the podcast catcher that you'd like to use, send us a note on the website at rockyourretirement.com and we'll make sure that we get on your favorite podcast app. But basically, what you do is you download the app and then you search for the show and when you find it, you'll hit subscribe. Make sure it's the Rock Your Retirement Show and that you hear my voice when you listen. Um, actually, there were some episodes where Henry Shapiro was a guest. Uh, we, we actually downloaded some of his episodes. So if you hear him, it's probably still the, the same show. There were maybe 34 or 35 episodes back in the beginning that we hosted on our show uh, when he decided to leave podcasting. Number three, how you can support us is by leaving a review. Whatever podcast app you're listening to normally has the option of leaving a review, either a written review saying how great the show is or just with stars. Five stars is typically the best. And of course, we're shooting for those five-star reviews. And if you tell us why you like the show, what you liked about it, it's actually easier for other people to understand what the show's about. A lot of people, when they find our show, they think it's about money. And of course, by now, you know that it's not. Number four, if you'd like to support us financially, of course, we're always appreciative of that. Just go to rockyourretirement.com support, and it will take you to our page where you can support us financially. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on Rock Your Retirement. Bye.